Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Podcast joined as always with Daniel Garcia, and we're here. The season is upon us. We are now officially in full swing. Even on the podcast side of things, we're going to be doing this every week. So we're back. Um, so quickly, want to thank everyone who emailed the show last week and who emailed us this week. We'll get to the uh, listener questions as we go, as usual. But we got a lot of talk about, right, Dan? Yeah, definitely. So if you guys do want to uh, email us, email us at allangelspodcast at gmail uh, follow us on the uh, Twitter at, at Halo Haven. Is it at, at Halo underscore Haven? And then that's where same, you'll find. Yeah, same thing with the Instagram at Halo underscore Haven. And that's where you'll find the poll questions on Monday. So we'll get into the poll questions. We'll review the the two series that we've played. Actually, the Angels had a day off today, which is good. Gives us some time to kind of uh, group take together our numbers. Take, take everything in that's happened in the past, you know, week. Yeah, man. So we had the home opener and everything. So we'll get into it. It's it's. I mean. Uh, let's just get right into it, man. The season opener was on March 28th, I believe it was. Yeah, it was Thursday. Yeah, it was Thursday the 28th. And, uh, you know, as usual, uh, I think uh, Chris, I I caught the game with Chris at Halo Haven. And uh, we were kind of talking before the game even started. We're like, we didn't look at the, the, the records, but we were like, I don't think the Angels do very well in season openers, at least at, least as, far as yeah. I can remember. And uh, after the game, when we did lose the game, uh, we kind of checked the numbers, and we were kind of we weren't sure if the numbers were correct, but it was bad in the last I think, fifteen <laughs> years. So uh, Angels lost that home opener six to five. It was a back and forth game, Daniel. Like you know, we had 
we were up four zero. You heard it from me and me and Chris because we watched it before you did. Yeah. About how upset we were with that one pitch. Right. Yeah. I mean, for people that don't didn't see it, I didn't see it live because you know it was a it was a one o'clock game and I was at work, so I turned all my phones off, everything off because I was recording it and wanted to kind of see it live or live to me at least as it was happening. But yeah, Richards came out and he was doing really well the mm-hmm. first you know. Um, couple of innings, three, four innings. It yeah. seemed like he had everything going for him, going for him. And then, yeah, kind of like what you said, it, it was one pitch, one mistake that kind of um, opened the floodgates, you know, if you will. But, uh, yeah, home openers are always tricky. You don't know how people's adrenaline's working. They're on the road. Mm-hmm. It's the middle of the day. You don't know how that's going to go. But um, all in all, I'm just glad for the season to be yeah. up and running. But, yeah, the, the, the home opener was a little bit heartbreaking because they did battle back. It was tied for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then... The eventual, uh, if you guys don't know, the eventual walk off by the A's. Yeah, uh, that that game. Angels dropped that one six to five, and it 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 came down to that. I want to say it was like the fourth inning, and we were up four zero. We we got out ahead, and uh, I want to say it was runners on second and third, and it was like a three two count on Chris Davis, and I looked over to Chris, the curator. And I go, do we pitch to to uh, Davis or do we just put him on? I was like, you don't want to. He had just missed two. He fell right. straight back. Yeah. And Chris goes, let's just walk him, right? You, yeah, walk him. What what happens next? And you walk in, you let someone else beat you. The, the next guy ended up hitting a home run. But, hey, if you put him on, maybe you, I don't know. Maybe the momentum's not on their side. If, if you know, with an, I, I don't know. He gave up the home run. And then the next guy hit a home run. They tied it. We actually went. We went extras, right? We went about twelve in that game. Yeah, went extras. So Richards pitched five innings, gave up uh, four runs on seven hits. Noe Ramirez got the loss in that game, and it, unfairly, I think. Yeah, because for him it was kind of hard. Him being a reliever, you kind of expect him being a young reliever too. You kind of expect him to come like a, a one inning kind of deal and get him out. But with the situation, what it was, um, you know, Richards not get, exactly giving you a ton of length. To begin the game, have to go to the bullpen a little bit earlier than you would want to. Um, you kind of didn't have a choice to keep him in there, and then, like you said, kind of unfairly, he saddled with a loss. Where I think he didn't, he he didn't pitch bad at all mm-hmm. for for you know again someone being as young and inexperienced as he is. But it's just the way. Um, that's why personally, I don't like looking at wins and loss records no, as no. pitchers. I like to see more um, with the starting pitchers. I like to look more at the quality start aspect of it, as far as you know how many innings and how many runs was going on when you left. Like yeah. everything after, if 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 it doesn't really matter. If you pitch seven great innings and you lose the game one zero, and you get the loss, I think it's kind of unfair. So yeah, it is. Um, you know, but they're able to bounce back, which yeah. was the going on to the next day, which was a great sign too. Yeah, yeah. And it, to quickly touch on that, Noe pitched a great. The inning before he gave up the run, right? Got out of a jam. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. yeah, if it was one inning and out, I yeah. think it would have probably gone a little bit longer. Right. But and then, yeah. he, then he comes in in a, in a bad route by uh, Upton out there, and then he dropped the ball. It went off his yeah. glove. Yeah, that runner got to second. That's the run that scored. Yeah, Upton's had a rough yeah. week in the field. Yeah, Garrett Anderson 2.0 is what a lot of people were saying. I think Chris said that actually. The Angels the next game bounced back, uh, got the uh, a two to one victory. Snyder Skaggs, you know, we'll, we'll touch on his other start, but in this one, he pitched well. Six and a third inning, no runs on three hits. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked really I mean, good at the Yeah. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, his, his, you know, he touches about 90, 91 with that fastball, but he, he changes speeds well. He's got a decent, like, uh, break, decent breaking stuff, and he, uh, he he's a solid number two, man. I mean, if, if, if Gary Richards is our number one, Tyler Skaggs is a solid number two, and he pitched well that day. The Angels, 
Not a lot of offense. Uh, two to one was a final there. Mm-hmm. And then Sunday was a big day because not only was it Easter Sunday, but it was the uh, Shohei Otani making his major league debut as a pitcher. I thought he pitched well. I did too. I did. I, I mean, if you look at some of the numbers again, um, you didn't really see the speed. You know, kind of across uh, to the states, you always heard about him being able to touch one, one hundred one, one hundred two. Mm-hmm. But in spring training, whether it's because on purpose he held back or just kind of working his way up, yeah. he never really got past like I think that ninety-five, ninety-four mile per hour um, plateau. But uh, in the game against the A's, like you said on Easter Sunday, mm-hmm. he topped out at a ninety-nine point six, and his average you know velocity on his fastball was around <laughs> ninety-seven point eight. So again, that speed was there. Yeah. Um, his his other stuff his other secondary pitches were really well, um, you know he did his for his first outing as in all the worry that people had coming into the season because he did get kind of lit right. up in spring training. I think it was a really really good uh, start for him into the season. I thought it was too. He made one mistake, one bad pitch that they right. you know they they drove out yeah. of the park and those were the only runs that, they gave up. That happens. And then too after that after that two two. Uh, that home run, I don't think he gave maybe one no. or two hits the rest he's, of the rest the rest of his outing there. He settled in well and he pitched well and he got the win and the Angels won, you know, that game seven to four. I, I bypassed the Saturday game on accident. I'm sorry guys. Shoemaker got the start, the Angels got the win, they won eight to three. Shoemaker looked good in his first start. Um, not bad. It right. wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, uh, he, he he kept us in the game. I think he made a few mistakes here. He pitched uh, five and two thirds of an inning, giving up three runs on four hits. Not bad. Uh, he walked four guys, though. You, you like yeah. to see that go down, but it is what it is on that one. So the Angels finally, you know, they wrapped up that game when Otani started. They won seven to four, so they took three out of four from Oakland, which is good. You want to start off strong, yeah. yeah, yeah. And kind of like you know, I've said and I posted before. It's like it's not exactly about winning every single game because no one's going to win every single game. It's more about winning series. Going, you know, you want to win series at home, and then you're happy if you tie series on the road. You, but you want to come out with, you know, a series win as much as possible, and then bouncing back against Oakland again, taking a three to one series. That's exactly what they want. You come in, um, yeah, it would have been nice to get that first win uh, opening day, but to win three in a row right after uh, shows that the Angels have definitely improved um, during the off season. Of course, man, and. and uh... We'll touch on the pitching staff and, and all that in a minute here. So it was finally opening night, home opener for the Angels at Anaheim Stadium. Uh, uh, it was a great time. Uh, no, Dan couldn't make it because of work. But uh, myself and Chris Johnson were out there with the rally bus. And everyone who came out to say what's up, you know, we appreciate you guys coming out and having fun with us. Um, getting a tour of the bus, kind of walking through. Um the Garcia family was represented. Yeah, your brother yeah, showed up. yeah. He showed up. He, he was planning to go, so I'm glad that he was able to. Uh, yeah. Check out the bus with his own eyes for the first time. Yeah, he walks into the uh, to the bus, and I'm like, Daniel. Uh, I was like, Oh. <laughs> so that he was uh, the Garcia family was represented, so it's all good. And then uh, we had a great time before the game, and then we and then then we get into the stadium. And this leads us to our poll. Let's lead into the poll question. Yeah. You want to you want to Yeah, it down again, kind of like what you were touching on earlier, the poll question will be posted every Monday morning. Um, you know, leading up leading up to the podcast, you know, later that week and it's again, it's poll questions about something that had happened, something that's coming up, something baseball related, maybe maybe something non-baseball related just depending on what's kind of in the news at the time. So, with opening day, home opener being, you know, on that on that day my idea was to kind of see what people think about the home opener as far as when you go to the ballpark, there's a bunch of excitement. There's a bunch of new, you know, 
for this year, for example, the new boards, the new you know scoreboards all mm-hmm. over Angel City, and that was a big talking point over the off season. But as far as the, the traditional opening day ceremonies that you think of, what do you what do people enjoy the best? And the options were you know your typical flyover. Uh, you know, usually it's like the Air Force has a flyover. Um, player introductions because they introduce everybody on the team. Right. Um, you're able to see the new faces they've got. And you're able to see the um, the older guys that you know you're glad to bring back. Um, the big you know flag. There's always a huge flag on the field, and some people mm-hmm. really dig that. Um, and then too, like with Angel Stadium this this year, they changed up some of the restaurants, some of the um, shops and stuff like that. You like check out what's new. Um, oh wow, that you know that kind of restaurant wasn't there before or wow look this is a new store with these hats or these jerseys but anyways those are your choices and the one that won the poll was the player introduction was 45 percent the flyover got 40 percent so those two were Ooh. kind of going back and forth and i personally um i picked the flyover because okay. i always dig the flyover because you know it's not every day you get to see something huge like like a bomber or um, a cargo like something just big and loud and it comes right over the stadium you don't see that every day so to me that's like the symbol of like all right baseball season's here it started you know let's go right well personally now this is this is why i didn't pick the flower because every march late march and this you know uh every late march we have a air show here at the riverside municipal airport and i'm not too far chris is even closer chris sees it uh but these big planes fly over my house for like two days just straight (laughs) flying and it's impressive i see it right over my house so um (laughs) that's the main reason why i probably didn't pick the flyover i picked the player introductions because it feels like baseball starting again we were uh chris and i were talking during the game because there wasn't much to watch during that home opener (laughs) but we were talking about, we were looking around and we were just saying the vibe on opening night is always different. Even if it's a home opener, you have the red, white, and blue, like those banners that yeah. look like playoff baseball mm-hmm. everywhere. The player introductions, it's like the start yeah. of a new season. Yeah, exactly. Because like player introductions, yeah. they bring everyone out. They bring the coaching staff oh, yeah. out. They bring the, Otani's interpreter came out. Yeah, and, and he it, got it, a huge ovation. Yeah, and, it was, and me watching it on, on TV because I wasn't able to go, he mm-hmm. looked, he was in the was like, oh, what, they're calling me out? And yeah. he kind of had a shock look on his face. But yeah. They call everybody out, all the trainers, all the players, right. all the bench players. And, and again, it, for the fans to see, okay, these are the guys that we're going to go the season with. And, and it, it, that's pretty cool. It's fun. It's fun. You, you hear the new guys and what kind of reactions they're going to get. And then you're always excited to hear the reactions for, like, you know, Mike Trout and all that stuff. So, you know, it's, it's just awesome to see and awesome to be there when you hear the player introductions. So player introductions for me is what I pick, so... It barely squeaked out the poll question. There, yeah, so. it was close. It was definitely one of the closer ones we've had in the in the past this yeah. between this year and last year. So anyway, uh, getting into the home opener, we were talking. I was talking about how much fun we had during the tailgate. Yeah, the all pre-game. this great stuff, man. It was just, you know, it was awesome. Got to meet a bunch of people that were like, you know, hey, hey, Johnny Max from the podcast, what's up? You know, and where's Daniel? And like, <laughs> you know, it was cool. It was cool to meet everybody and and you know people that I've already met but I haven't seen you know during the off season. And then we go into the stadium, and we were treated to a uh, not a very good outing for the Angels. No, <laughs> uh, they got shut out six to nothing. J.C. Ramirez got roughed up for like four home runs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, one of them being an inside the park home run that you know you blame Upton for it. Because a lot of people were trying to say, well, you know, Trout should have been there back up. Yeah, yeah, but that it was, was all the way in the corner. That ball was kind of weird because watching it live on TV. 
it looked like it was curving foul, but mm. then it just kind of just stopped. And I'm like, well, and personally too, when it happened in real time, I'm like, oh, it hit the pole. I thought it hit the pole. I'm like, okay, home run right. already. Like I didn't think about it hitting the hitting the um, the wall at all. Yeah. I, I, honestly, from when it was playing in live action, from the angle the TV showed, I thought it hit the pole. I'm like, oh, okay, a home run. And then when they showed it, I'm like, oh, it did hit the, hit the wall. The wall. I, yeah, I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, that's a hard play to make because you're running and then the little Dodger fan tries to hold the game, yeah, hold yeah. up it. And so that was a great talking point on, on Twitter and on Instagram and, and Facebook about that. and stuff. And stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you don't like him just kind of nonchalant going after the ball afterwards. That's that's what... And I, and I understand people people's frustration with it. Um, but yeah, it happened so fast. And, and yeah. I think, too, the, th- the throw-in was kind of rushed. That got yeah. away. I mean, yeah. I think there could have been a play at the plate if everything was kind of boom, boom, boom. But right. the, the throw-in got away. But, you know, it's going to happen. At the stadium, I had no idea what happened. Yeah, I was getting texts from you and yeah. my brother. So what happened? Was it yeah. fair? Was it foul? Yeah. I'm like, no, it was it was fair. It hit right on that, that yellow stripe going up, right. the, going up the wall. Right. I, yeah, I, immediately I was like, what the heck? And they didn't show us the replay. So I was like, I gotta hit up Daniel and see what the heck what happened. And yeah, you told me hit the wall. I'm like, oh yeah, I hit the wall. So that's a fair ball. Um, so yeah, that's that kind of got it started. And JC just couldn't get, he just couldn't really get in the groove. Angels were not hitting. Uh, Clevenger, who was, you know, I didn't know this, was an Angel farmhand. Yeah. At one point. Yeah, that's I heard them talking about that on, on the yeah. on the broadcast. I'm like, I never would have thought. And that just shows. Yeah, you, just you get know. you get rid of a guy, and then five years later, you're like, oh wait, that guy was where? And so it's just weird. Base, just it's baseball. <laughs> just never know, man. So anyway, six nothing shutout for the home opener. We were there. It didn't deter. It didn't really down us too much because it's early in the season, and we had a good time. I know Chris was very excited because he finally got the bus to Anderson Oh, he, that, he was. Opener. His whole week leading up yeah. to it was like Christmas Day for him. He was just waiting yeah. and waiting. Yeah, he 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 had a great time. So, but. The next day, the Angels turned it around, man. The Angels like just exploded, and it and it, it you know it started it started with this really, and we got a clip for you guys. Uh, this is really what got everybody off their seats, off you know off their seats and 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 going. Here it is, you guys. Here's the next pitch, and he lets a high drive that's well hit in the right center field. It is out of here. His first major league home run. Out of here. <laughs> Shohei Otani going yard, man. Uh, what was your reaction? No, it, it was crazy, too, because so he comes up. Bases are loaded at the time. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, like, wow. what? If, and they even said on the broadcast, how crazy would it be if his yeah. first, you know, home run was a grand slam, this and that. I'm, like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, just put the ball in yeah. play. Just get a run, get maybe two runs, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'm thinking when they throw the wild pitch and everyone moves over and the run scores, I'm like, well, he can take a walk here. Like, I kind of was hoping for a hit. I wasn't expecting a home run. But when he connected with it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. And right away, I'm like, that has a, you know, that has a chance. And then sure enough, it cleared the wall. And, and I was I was watching with my fiance and we both were laughing. I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, you know, because we were both kind of worried. Again, coming into the season, you're not sure. Yeah. Um, how he was going to perform because of the struggles he had during spring training. Now, granted, he did get a hit in the A series, but you know that was a single. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you just, you just never know how it's gonna how it's gonna affect him or anything like that. So I'm glad 
for his sake too, just to get it out of the way. Yeah. If he would have went two, three yeah. uh, months without a home run or, or anything like that, you can tell it would probably start building the on him, the pressure. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's awesome that it happened on his first at-bat. Was I expecting it to happen on his first at-bat? No, no way. But I'm glad he, it got out of the way and he was able to uh, uh, get it get it there, get it at home, in front of the home crowd. Um, I love the, the, the team's uh, response to it in had, the dugout. He had no idea what was happening, dude. He walks in there and he's just looking around going like, what is going on? Why is A bunch of air high-fives to, to no one in particular uh, and everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. And then... I didn't see who, but he jumped on someone's. Kinsler. Was it Kinsler? He yeah. jumped on someone's back, and then yeah. then the mob came and they started giving him high fives and and, and dapping him up and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was a cool scene to to see him, even though he's a great you know Japanese star, but coming over as a rookie, he's still getting that rookie treatment where you know yeah great you hit a home run, but we're gonna kind of make you sweat it out a little yeah. bit as far as yeah you're not gonna get you know the tr- traditional yeah. celebration right away. I liked how the Angels kind of handled that. That was awesome. Yeah, it was it was great, and the Angels weren't done there, man. They went on and hit three more home runs. Valbuena, Upton, and Trout also hit. Yeah. Trout hit a home run before him. How crazy is it that Trout hits a home run, but the story of the night Yeah, it, it, it happened so... I mean, Trout hit a home run his first at-bat also. Yeah. And it was great, and it was like, yeah, all right, Trout. I mean, I guess that kind of comes back to Trout being Trout. You kind of right. expect it. But yeah, as soon as Otani hit that home run, that was what everyone was talking about the rest of the night. Everyone was talking about um, the next day, the next morning. So... Um, you know, maybe that helps Trout. Trout maybe now feels he can get a little less pressure mm-hmm. on his shoulders. He can kind of relax a little bit. Yeah. Knowing that the season's not going to, or maybe not the season, but the storylines aren't going to go up and down with right. whatever he does, right. you know. Yeah. So, you know, the Angels exploded. Uh, the pitching staff obviously did a good job. That's a tough Indians lineup, and they held them to one hit. That one hit being the home run in the first inning yeah. to Ramirez, mm-hmm. and that was it. The Indians did nothing else the rest of yeah, the. Yeah, it was kind of weird too. Like you look yeah. at the box. If you look at the box score for that game, it's it's two runs on one, one hit. hit. It's like yeah. how and that one hit again is just like because there was a walk and then there and was then a hit. So yeah, he three two pitch belted gone yeah. out of here. But the Angels won that game thirteen to two. And then Richards picking up the the win. And he, he settled down after that first inning. He just yeah. looked like he was just yeah. I will. I mean again. He, he was kind of sketched for a little while. Yeah. Not necessarily um, giving a bunch, like obviously not, obviously not giving a bunch of hits, but he's walking dudes. Yeah, he was his a pitch, up his, and down. His pitch count was way up high, so he, yeah, didn't get, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't get deep at all, which you're still kind of waiting for Richards to be that yeah. guy that can go seven innings yeah, every like single time. He threw five and a third. Yeah, yeah, but his pitch count was like at 97 or yeah, 101 or something something high like that. So You want him to at least give you six. Yeah, six or seven would be great from your from, from a guy that's going to be your ace or you want to step up and be your ace. So. Right. Um, but all in all, you know, with the, with the 13-2 um, lead, you don't. I mean, you can't cry over that. It, it no, still worked yeah, out. Yeah. So then the next day, yesterday, long game, man. The game started yeah. at one. It ended right around five, five fifteen, something yeah. like that. Uh, Angels were getting just. Kluber was on the mound. Cy Young Award winner Kluber. And, you know, I think I had mentioned it to you guys maybe, or it would have, I'm not sure who. Yeah, said, he talked to me about it, yeah. And I was like, man, they got to get that W today because Kluber's on the mound tomorrow. And uh, he was dealing. They just had no hits up until about the, I want to say it was, what, the fifth inning? Yeah, fifth inning is when they scored the two runs. Yeah, they had no hits, and it took, it started off with the Andleton Simmons bunt down the line. Perfectly. Yeah, that was a beautiful oh bunt. And, and to see how the third baseman was playing so far back and was able to lay it down yeah. and, and able to run it out and get, get on base. Because a lot of times... 
maybe you just need that one guy to get on base just ahead of everybody, just mm-hmm. to start a rally, just start something. Something had to yeah. happen because the Angels just were not. Kluber was shutting them down and just mowing them down, and it just looked like you know, oh God, well Kluber might be yeah. all Kluber needs, you know. Yeah. And uh, it, he was settling down. Uh, Andrelton got on base, and then just when you thought Showtime had kind of you know the night before. You know, showed us what he was all about. We're like, okay, you know, he got one home run. Then he goes and does this. Here's the next delivery. That ball's hit well in the center field. Going back is Zimmer. Still back, still back. That ball is out of here. Holy mackerel. The second game in a row at the Big A. Otani is homered. And that one ties up the ball game at two. Out of here again, Otani for the second straight day hits a home run, ties the game up, and it stayed 2 2 until the bottom of the 13th. 13th inning. And then, well, this happened. The 3 2, and there's one lifted high, and it's hit deep into left field. It is out of here. There's the home run. Ball game over. Angels win it 3-2 here in the bottom of the 13th inning. You can put a halo over this one. And to quote uh, Victor Rojas, drive home safely. Zach Kozar comes up big again. Someone we haven't talked about yet. Zach Kozar, he's, he's been a guy that has been, you know, doing... Doing it, doing his job. Yeah, I mean, too, and, and coming into the season, he was going to play third base. That uh-huh. was that was the idea. Never played third base in a professional setting at all. Never played second base in a professional <laughs> setting at all. So you know what? Opening opening day, opening day in Oakland, he has to play second base because Ian Kinsler is, is nursing a groin. The next day, he goes to third base and make his debut at third base. Kinsler plays second. Next thing you know, Kinsler slides into second base a little too hard, aggravates that growing, and now he's been playing second base pretty much ever since then. And for him to defensively be playing that position as just as well as anybody, and to you know produce, you know he has two home runs already. He's batting two seventy three uh, early in the season, but he's able to make those plays that you need to make, and he's able to seems it seems like his hits come at the right time. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily. All over the place because then you look at someone like Simmons, who's also started off, you know, really hot batting 379. He's hitting the ball very well, but it seems like Kinsler just seems to kind of come up at the right time, at the right, at the right place. Right. Cozart has has been kind of just like super utility plug-in guy. Yeah. And you know, with Kinsler going down, it shows the Angels versatility on the bench because Valbuena slides in there, Marte slides in there. There's already been a game where Valbuena's playing third, Cozart's at second, and Marte's at first. Yeah. You know, and you can switch that around. You yeah. can even put Valbuena at first and Marte, Marte at third. third. Yep. So, and then Marte plays alpha. We talked about this last week. Um, the Angels, is, I like their bench right now, especially with Kinsler being down, the way that works out. And then when Kinsler comes back, it's, 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 I don't know, I like it. Mm-hmm. I've been digging it. Cozart winning the game yesterday with a walk-off home run was uh, icing on the cake. Angels take the series. And something I wanted to touch on uh, was that I think, I don't know, when the Angels are running off that the, with the Western Division Championships in the uh, mid-2000s, they had a mentality. And I remember them talking about this all the time. Uh, and, and it's cliche. It's very cliche. But they would always say one game at a time, one inning at a time, right? But... Mike Sosha at one point in an interview mentioned that they go into each series saying, let's take the series. 
So, in the first two series, the Angels have taken three out of four from Oakland, two out of three from a very good Cleveland team. Yeah. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Getting in there, making sure you win the series, you go you know, game by game, don't get too far ahead. Um, and so far, so good. And I don't want to say that we're looking great, and I don't want to say we're looking bad. I'm not saying if I'm scared of this or scared of that. But so far, so good. I mean, you five and two, right? Is that where we're yeah, at right now? Yeah, five and two. One game back of the Astros right now. So, you know, it, hey, they're doing their thing. Uh, it's better than a lot of previous seasons. So, you know, we're we're uh, we're, we're heading kind of in the right direction. Right. I mean, it's better to be five and two than two and five. Let's put it right. that way. Um, kind of like what you're saying. It's early, and you, you have two series. You won two series. So they can, you know, be happy with that result. You know, whether... Um, you don't like the ways they've lost. Seems like they lost on one with the Cleveland on just getting throttled and one in a heartbreak for fashion against Oakland. But when you look at the numbers and you see you're five and two through the first week of the season, um, you're definitely going to be happy with that. For sure, for sure. So let's let's get into some of the emails uh, that we've got right now. Uh, you know, we've, we've got quite a few this time. Uh, we got one from Duncan Healy. He says, "Hey there, guys. Man, I'm seeing all the cool videos and pics from the home opener. I haven't been to the Big A in so long." So, Tawny looked good. Uh, made one mistake that cost him three runs. But other than that, not bad. Looked, looked like his breaking ball was nasty. And also looked like he had some great velocity. I actually, actually, with the exception of Jason Ramirez, I like the other four. Uh, I think Richards pitched well, but ran into a rough inning. I'm liking what I see in the small sample size still. It's, yeah, it's a small sample size right now. Um, let's quickly run through these. And uh, Jason Camp emailed this. He said, what's up, guys? I know it's early, but not so... <laughs> Uh, but not bad so far. Otani's not looking bad at all. Did a lot of people jump the gun on this poor guy? He pitched well on Easter and he had a heck of a game at the dish on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, kind of what I was saying previously, like last week's podcast and even the blog entry I did a couple weeks ago, is that I, I, I can see him being very up and down, being... You know, having games like he had where he's hitting, you know, a three-run home run or a two-run home run or, you know, pitching a really good... I can see him having those games, mm-hmm. but I, I know in the back of my head a, you know, 0 for 4 or a, a pitching outing that maybe he gives up five runs is, is, is going to come because he's a rookie. He has to adjust. And it's, Major League Baseball is all about adjustments for players. Yeah. Um, he was struggling in spring training, so what does he do? He addressed... He, he had, Adjusted his his batting uh, mechanics, made it a little more simple. Took his big uh, leg kick out, so now it's more like a tap than a bring hold on mm-hmm. the a hole, bring up the leg down uh, up and then bring it back down. So now he's adjusted. So now the pitchers are going to adjust to what he's oh, yeah. doing. Oh, yeah. And now it's just going to be back and forth, back and forth. So there's going to be some time where um, he's in a struggle. And I hope as fans we don't they don't um, give him a hard time or expect. Um, perfection out of him every time he, he steps in the batter's box or on the mound. So I think, yeah, some people probably did get a little jumpy just because of the expectations and, and his hype. Yeah, there was a lot of people who, uh, and I won't name names, and, you know, we, we're, you know, we're associated with Halo Haven, so we see, we're on there constantly seeing all the comments, and there's just a lot of negativity going his way, and that's fine. He didn't produce in the spring, but one thing I always said, it's these games don't count. And it's, if he stays healthy, he stays healthy. And I understand there was a lot of, of hype. There's, there is still a lot of hype about him. So for him to kind of just show up at spring training and not really do much, well, it was a cause for concern. But at the same time, you have to take into consideration he's 23 years old still. 
he's making the adjustment. We've talked about this, you know, for about a month now on the podcast. The adjustments have to be crazy for him. I mean, a normal 23-year-old rookie would 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 have a a a tough time adjusting to major league level pitching and hitting. Now you take this guy who's 23 years old from Japan, played a different style of baseball, different different culture shock. It's you know, you got to give the kid some time and so far I mean, at the dish, he was great, and, and, and so far, you know, his pitching was not bad. It, we, we'll have to see how he does against a, another formidable lineup. He pitches against the A's again. Sunday. Sunday. So, you know, this will be the second time he pitches against the A's. I'd like to see him maybe face another team to see, you know, how he adjusts. Right. Maybe well, even two now, but, but even now, too, with the A's seeing him again, this is an opportunity for them to adjust mm-hmm. to what now, 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 now they've seen his fastball. Now they've seen his slider. Now they've seen his cutter. Now they've seen all this, these pitches now. And again, they're professional. I mean, they not might be the best, but they're a professional organization. And they're going to adjust. They're going to have a scouting report on this guy. Because, again, not a lot of guys have a scouting report on this on Otani. Just, you know, yeah, they can look at a Japanese film. Yeah, they can look at spring training. But until you get into the major league season, you cannot – really put a true scouting report out there now that they're able to see him a second time and now you know after that then there's going to be a book on him about what he likes to do his tendencies and now how's again how is he going to adjust that way also right yeah you know going to be a bunch of ups and downs like you said a lot of learning you know a lot of a lot of uh, yeah ups and downs next email comes to us from mike vigil he goes hello there guys glad to glad to have you guys back on a weekly basis we're glad to be back uh, it was great meeting you guys in the home opener, uh, but that bus is insane. My brother's pro- Padre's mind could not wrap his head around around it. Thanks for giving me the button off your jersey, Johnny. People swooped up on that on those Vlad buttons quickly. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, dude. I remember it was a dude. There was so many people that came up to me <laughs> and said, "Hey, Johnny Max from the podcast." You know, like I said earlier, where's Daniel and. Hey, we, yeah, I listened to the podcast, and there was a there was a guy, and I'm not sure if it was you, Mike, or I'm sorry. There was just so many people. <laughs> um, one guy was with some with I don't know if it was Darth Swarm. I don't know if it was you, dude. It was great to meet you and your dad. But there was somebody who was with somebody else. I don't know if, I don't know if it was them or not. But he goes, hey, he goes, hey, the podcast they listen to. That's the voice of the podcast right there, and that was crazy. It was just crazy to hear that. So it was it was really cool to meet you guys and. I remember you, Mike, because you, you were like, oh, there's no more Vlad buttons. And I, I was like, here, dude. You know, I gave you the one I had. And people swooped up on all those buttons, man. So we were more than happy to, to be there handing them out and, and, and making people, you know, put a smile on people's faces. It's cool. He asked, how concerned are you guys about Shu and Heaney being down already on the DL? Last time Shu had a strain, we didn't see him for the rest of the season. Keep up the great work. I appreciate it. Are you concerned, Dan, about, about the situation with uh, Shu? Shoe probably more so than, than Haney. Um, for people that don't know, Haney is... We're recording this podcast on Thursday, uh, April 5th. Mm-hmm. Um, tomorrow, the 6th, he's going to make a rehab assignment at 66ers, uh, Inland Empire 66ers. Yeah. So, again, we're going to see how that goes. Uh, the Everyone's pointing to April 12th for him to make a start. Okay. Or to make, so, that's going to be a week from today. Yeah. So, it'll be uh, at Kansas City. But kind of see how that goes. So, I'm more... Uh, I'm not worried about that. Shoe, on the other hand, they haven't come out with a timetable. They haven't said, you know, um, what their plan is as far as what they're going to do for the for the injury. Is it just rest? Is it some kind of uh, 
Um, they haven't said anything. I think that's yeah, more yeah. the concerning part is, is that there's nothing really coming out about the Shoemaker injury. Right. Um, but, you know, Shoemaker goes down. They brought Broodwell up. He's going to make his first start of the season um, tomorrow at Angel Stadium. Uh, we'll be in attendance. Yes. And uh, so it concerns me, but not really, just because of the fact there is depth behind him. We mm-hmm. can bring Bridwell up. Um, JC's on a piss Saturday, so if JC can get back to where he was last year, that's only going to make the rotation better. So yeah. I'm not panicking yet. If it goes two, three weeks and we still don't know exactly what the t- timetable is, then I and think then that's when the panic will start setting in a little bit more. And you, t- you touched on how cool it, how we're not just, yeah, cool, but how great is it that the Angels two guys down, but you're able to bring a guy in Parker Bridwell who was second on team last year and wins. Exactly, You're yeah. able to bring him up, and if something else were to happen, you're able to bring up Nick Tropiano. I mean, uh, the depth is there, and I talked about this two years ago on this podcast before, before you know, our, our collaboration here. I had, a, I had Ryan Kroll, who was the editor of LAAngelsInsider.com on with me. And we were talking about this same situation. It's crazy. If you guys go back into the archives and look up, you know, I think it was... Just look up... Uh, it'll say Ryan Crow. It'll say LAAngelsInsider.com. We talked about how in a few years, the Angels are going to have depth, pitching-wise, where you don't, you, we weren't going to know who's going to be in the top of the rotation. And it's cool to go back and listen to it. I actually listened to it the other day, and I went, wow, we almost predicted the future. We didn't have Bridwell yet. Yeah. But we had guys like Tropiano. We had just signed Tropiano. We had Heaney as a guy that was going to come up. We had a guy, you know, we had guys that we were like, man, the Angels are going to have depth. And it's showing right now we're able, when we have Tropiano down there, we have Bridwell down there, we have Jason Ramirez is under the guy who can start. The Angels have options, and and that's a good thing. Right. Um, So, you know, that's, I'm not 100% concerned. I am a little concerned on the shoe thing because, like you said there, uh, Mike, Last time he went down with the strain, it was like in mid-May, late May last year, and he in never came May, back. Yeah. So that, that that can be, it's a little concerning. Heaney, not so much yet. Uh, podcast question from Anaheim Hacks. And this is, I mean, it's too early to tell, but shout out to you. He's a, will Otani be an all-star this year? You know what? I have two theories about this. Okay, my thing is, there's a great possibility he might get voted in because of the Japanese market. Uh, uh, not just in Japan, but the Japanese um, uh, here, the Japanese people here will definitely get behind him. Um, and then if, if he continues at, you know, like he's doing right now where he, he comes in and does, let's not say he hits a home run every time he plays, but he's at 10 home runs, 20 RBIs, and he's batting like high 280s, he might just be voted on. You know what I mean? He might yeah. just be added to the Major League or the American League roster or the All-Star game. There's a possibility too early to tell that we're seven games into the season, but maybe. There's a very good possibility. And, and that was exactly one of the points I was going to make, too, was he, I can see the, the people stuffing the ballot for Otani. Yes. And, and, I, and I'm curious to see how it's going to work because usually when you go to the ballot online, now, now, now I remember when I was a kid, there was actually a physical ballot you yeah. had to fill you out punch yeah and then yeah. you turn it in before you leave the state of i remember that but now everything's online everything's on your phone but i'm interested to see how they're going to categorize them hmm. because they categorize people okay now before it was like you know left right and a center fielder now it's just outfielders yeah now it's now you know everything's kind of generalized so now are they going to put them in as a pitcher are they going to put them as a dh 
Are they going to combine the right. two? Like, what if he's a leading vote-getter overall? Is he going to be a pitcher? Is he going to be a hitter? Like, I don't know how MLB is going to deal with it, but I can see him getting voted. Again, he needs to have at least an average year. You know, yeah. he, he can't have a below-average year. If he has an average to above-average year going into the All-Star break, I can see people just stuffing the ballot and then him being a starter one way or the other. And another way, if he doesn't, MLB... I don't know if they're going to, like, kind of nudge the coaches. Maybe vote for... I don't know if they're going to... Because, you know, the starters get voted by the... Um, or partially get voted by the fans, and then right. the managers and players pick up the reserves. Right. So I can see maybe MLB kind of nudging the AL, which would be uh, Hinch, because he was in the World Series last year. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, bring Otani, because not only is that great for getting his face out to America's, you know, uh, public, but also... Internationally, mm-hmm. they want those ratings in Japan. Oh, for they sure. want those, you know, articles being written in Japan. Yeah. So if he's on the All Star team, if they can somehow get him on, even if he's not voted, I can definitely see that happening. Just because MLB, MLB has a problem with uh, uh, an American uh, face of the league. Now, if they can make Otani the international face of the league, they're definitely going to try to do that. So I think if he's an average to above average season, there's definitely a way for him to get on an all-star team. And let's not forget that, you know, that second chance voting too. Remember Mm -hmm. a couple years ago, ago, it was vote G-Rich and all that stuff. So um, there's a good possibility. There's a very good possibility he will. A a little, just a kind of little, a little uh, to add to that. I think a few, like about 10 years ago in the NBA Yao Ming had the most votes, and that was because of the Chinese market. Right, so, and same know. thing. It could be the same thing with the Japanese market, yeah. and, and, and and like you said too, the Japanese Americans here yeah. that want to see him play, and and maybe aren't by an L, AL team in their market, so they don't get to see him. But if they go want to see him at an All Star game, that's I mean, how cool would it be if okay, Otani comes out, pitches the third inning of the All-Star game and, and then, oh yeah, buy it and gets an yeah. out-bat in the, the bottom of the third or yeah. whatever. I mean, I think that would be really cool to see him do both. Yeah, that would be really cool. So, but, you know, again, you have to see how that's going to go out and how the season's going to progress because, you know, I don't think he's going to be batting 429 the rest of the year so there's yeah. going to be a down point at some point. Yeah, yeah. Some learning time. curves, people, learning curves. Daniel Ortega wrote in, hey, you, hey guys, so two series are in the books and we're all good. Is it too early to be excited? Uh, it's never too early to be excited in my book. You know, you're excited. It's baseball. I was excited even after the first game of the season that we lost. You know, I was a little <laughs> upset the way we lost. You know, I was kind of like, Why, why'd you pitch to Davis? But and I still haven't let it go. But yeah. uh, but it's it's exciting, you know. And if, if your team wins and they've won both series, why not be excited to keep the pace up? They're going to do good things. That's it. It's never too early to be excited. Every game counts. So, so far, so good. Let's just hope they can keep it, the mentality of win every series. Yeah, I mean, and they have a good chance coming up into this next week, uh, uh, kind of looking looking ahead. Not all, They play the A's, or, you know, tomorrow they'll start a series with the A's going into the weekend. Then they go to, then they fight to Texas, and then they fight to Kansas City. It's two um, teams, three teams if you count Oakland, that are very beatable as far as Maybe not sweeping the whole week, but definitely coming out of Texas with the Texas and Kansas City with a with a series win. Yeah, you know, that's so, all you really yeah. Need so to if do. they take they take two out of three from Texas, take three out of four from Kansas City, uh, then you have Boston coming after that, then which after is a hard team. Yeah. But but if you can set yourself up um, before that with mm-hmm. some series wins, then yeah, it's definitely a time to get excited and look for the positive kind of future, especially if 
you know, if Haney comes back and he's doing well, and if Kinsler comes back and he's doing well, um, you know, the excitement will be there. We'll be in the stadium. We'll be uh, amongst the fans. For sure. So this email, the last one I received today, uh, comes to us from... Uh, I don't want to butcher your name. But it's probably um, going to happen anyway. It's going to happen anyway. <laughs> it's uh, Hinata Ito or Inata Ito. He says, hello, my name is Inata Ito. I got to say it again. I don't want to ruin it. But he said, I'm a student from Kyoto University. My desire is to one day see Shohei Otani play baseball in Los Angeles at Anaheim, at Angel Stadium. Otani is the most popular player from Japan. He is much like Trout and here in Kyoto, he is as popular as Ichiro. We have gathered three times to watch the Angels play this week. We have a schedule where we have gatherings to watch the games here on campus. We are proud to have Otani play with most honorable team like the Angels, respectfully, Hinata Ito, Kyoto University. Thank you for sending in. You're obviously listening to the podcast. Uh, I, pre- I appreciate you guys listening to it. I mean, if it's just you, that's awesome. But go <laughs> ahead and spread the word to your friends out there that to tune in to the All Angels podcast. and um, I can imagine the the popularity of Shohei Otani in Japan, um, definitely because he's a two-way guy, yeah. you know, and he is, you know, it'd be much, it'd be much like uh, like the people in Millville, New Jersey, being proud of Mike Trout, you know, it's, it's that hometown guy, and you want him to do well, and, you know, I can't imagine how crazy they got when uh, he hit his first home run. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. That has to be something. Hopefully one of the three games he's watched, that was one of them. I hope so. Or at least yesterday's game, too. Yeah. So okay. thank you. Uh, I hope to say your name right. Hinata. Hinata. We really appreciate you listening and tuning in to the All Angels Podcast. All right, so that was it for all our email questions today. We're going to take a quick break and get a word from our sponsors, and we'll come back to you guys uh, just after this. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Hook Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. What is up? We are back. Quickly, thank you to Groom Goon at GroomGoon.com and www.epicradiotv.com. If you guys like uh, have a business that you need to be plugged and you want to get your, uh, you want to sponsor the show. Go ahead and hit us up at allangelspodcast at gmail.com and uh, we can set something up for you guys there. All right, so 
Uh, dude, we were talking. What, what did you want to get into here? Yeah, um, some maybe something new we'll try to do this week or this year is uh, come back with like a weekly, you know, uh, player of the week kind of deal. It could be you know starting pitcher, uh, reliever, uh, uh, position player, whatever. Whoever has a hot week. Um, so you know, coming into the season, try to do something new. So, yeah. um, so I don't know if you had anyone in. You know, I, I do. I, you know, one guy who who I mean, he's just kind of picked up where he left off last year. I think he got his first extra base hit of the season last night. It's Anderton Simmons. He's had a hit in every single game so far. Uh, just getting on base. We talked about it last, on yesterday's game. He's a guy that laid down a bunt, got things going. Next batter hits a home run. Game's tied off of Kluber. He just keeps getting on base, and his defense is, I mean, up the middle. You hit the ball anywhere near Anderson Simmons, forget it. I was talking to Chris on opening day. We were watching the game. Any ball that's hit, he makes it look so easy, and it's not. He makes yeah. a hard play look very easy. The game just comes so simple to him. I'm digging uh, Anderson Simmons. He's my player of the week so far. No, and that's someone I was looking at, too, when, mm-hmm. when we started talking about having this idea. And I and and he popped up too because again looking at his stats I was like wow he's batting three seventy nine already yeah. mm-hmm. and he just got his extra base hit but defensively there was that play um, yesterday in the in the uh, infield outfield kind of thing. again him going back and up and coming forward he loses the ball for a second and, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere he just kind of reaches his yeah. glove out and it falls right in it's just yep. he doesn't give up on plays he covers so much ground um, he helps. In any way possible, whether, like you said, laying down that bunt, just getting on base mm-hmm. or, or, you know, trying to get a double to get get people home. Just he, he does what he can, and that's a really good person to have on a team. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I was kind of torn between two people, but I think just because of the historic factor, um, I'm going to go with Otani. Okay. Again, just you look at some of the stats are great, but you look at it overall – like, I saw something on ESPN where um, the last time a, a player got got a win and then within the next, like, four days hit his first career home run was, like, Babe Ruth. As a non-pitcher. As a non-pitcher non- with Babe yeah. Ruth in, like, 1920. Yeah. Something, something crazy like that. So, for the the historic aspect of it, I would have to say Otani because, again, he, he has two home runs already. Uh, he has a win. Again, so the last person, last... Person, person to have, to have or, against, against Babe, Ruth, Babe Ruth, but for Babe, for Babe Ruth, Ruth again, one win and two home runs as a non-pitcher, it took him like 17 days. days. Yeah. For Otani, it took him, you know, you know three, days, three days, four days. Four days. So, it's just crazy. And again, to me, it's me. It baffles my mind is that I was listening to the game, what was it? His first home run was Wednesday night. Wednesday night. No, Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Because Wednesday was Wednesday, but uh, 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 but they're saying, they're saying he doesn't doesn't do bad practice the day, day before a pitch. He's pitching positively. He pitches the day after. He doesn't do bad practice at all. So again, he pitches on Sunday. No BP Monday. Comes in Tuesday without doing any BP for three straight days, and his first at bat is a home run. To me, it's like, how do you get timing? How do you? You get your technique down when you're not doing BP three, four times a week. It, to me, that to me is crazy, and and for that, I'm kind of like, you know, I have to at least give him the nod for uh, the player of the week this week, and then you know, see how it goes from there. Yeah, you know what, Otani, uh, that's a great pick because 
you have to think about this. This is, this is what boggles my mind, guys, is you look at any other pitcher, even in the National League, who goes up to the plate, and it's, you know, there's, you got your few guys like Madison Bumgarner, right. you know, a guy who can hit every once there's in a while. There's a handful, yeah. But the majority of these guys that go up to, to swing a bat look atrocious. I mean, bad. Yep. And Otani is a... Is Bartolo a, Colon. He's a hitter. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he's a good uh, pitcher. And, like, he's part of me is, like, I can't wait for the Angels to have an inter, uh, interleague play at an NL Park. And I'm like, oh, they better have him at least pitch one of those games. Because I want to see... Because now... Those pitchers are so used to that, like you said, that nine spot being mm-hmm. a being a pitcher. Okay, let's get him out, or you know, maybe he'll sacrifice a guy over or whatever. But now this time, they're going to be playing with pretty much a DH. Like he could be a pitcher that game, but he can also hit like in the seventh spot if they wanted him to, mm-hmm. or the eighth. He doesn't have to be the ninth spot as like a typical pitcher would, and in, in, in those kind of games. So to me, that that seems going to be that's going to be real interesting if, if when they have him if they have them him pitch at an NL park when it really yeah. starts it, it, it'll be definitely interesting uh, all right so uh, quickly something we wanted to talk about and we were talking about it off mic before the show is the Angels bullpen people are so concerned about not having a closer you brought up some pretty interesting like numbers and facts Daniel about the bullpen being one of the top five in the American League last year last year like yeah um there's depth, and we've talked about it in podcasts before, where you can go to any guy and close. You know, like, and, and here, here's the ball taken close. I personally would like to see Keenan Middleton be the closer, um, but you know what? If if the Angels want to go closer by committee, and in any situation they want, they need to get it out, and they feel like Keenan can get this guy out, I'm all for it. You know, you're gonna have your ups and downs. The bullpen hasn't been bad considering you know, people are getting upset about the bullpen so early in the season. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Nick? No, I think, you know, in some of the names, too, people were worried. They signed a Jim Johnson or traded for a Jim Johnson where, granted, he didn't have a great season last year, but he had a great season the year before that. So um, there's always something there. Uh, but you have your, your – and Jose Alvarez is a fan favorite, of course. Everyone loves him. Um, but you have guys that are – Main guys in your bullpen, like a Middleton, like an Alvarez. Um, Jim Johnson seems like he's going to be a, a, a main guy. But all those guys have zero ERAs. They've all pitched in four game, at least four games. You have Blake Woods pitching five games, has zero ERA also. So, I mean, I think this bullpen can be really, really, really good. Um, you look at the numbers, um, through these last uh, what, seven games, relievers, 1.48 ERA, but I think the bigger number is that they haven't given up a single home run yet all year long. Um, yeah, you had to struggle with, with Cam for a little bit at the beginning of the series, a season, and even with uh, Blake Parker also in the beginning of but the season. But that's just control issues that can probably easily Right. Be fixed. It, it, it's not... It's it's not a huge... To me, it's not a huge factor. It's not a huge deal. I mean, um, I think with Parker, it, it's like you said, control. He's walking guys. Um... I, and again, it can all be fixed. You know, hits here and there are going to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when you have a, a bullpen where you have a Middleton, and I think kind of like what you're saying was like, he will be, I like him as a closer, but I think also they could also use him as kind of a high leverage reliever where mm-hmm. if it's the eighth inning and there are three, four, five guys are coming up with a guy on base, he could very easily be the one coming in from the bullpen to um, – get them out of that situation. And I feel perfectly comfortable with that and then bringing in 
a Parker or bringing in a Johnson a Johnson to close the ninth inning when you're maybe have your bottom of the line the seven eight nine hitter up yeah. where it's not as kind of terrifying. But um, the bullpen, I'm really excited about the bullpen so far this year, just because again you weren't too sure how they would come out losing their mm-hmm. best bullpen pitcher last year with Petit, mm-hmm. but. You know, you look at the starters. Starters need still need to work on. They've given up seven home runs so far this year. I'm uh, granted, JC. Yeah, gave up most of them, but yeah. I mean, still, you have um, Richards giving up. I think two. two home runs himself. No, three home runs. Oh wow! He's actually him and JC have both given up three home okay. runs, and Otani's giving up the other. Yeah. But you know, their ERA is around four point two six. So um, you just hope that. The starting rotation kind of evens out. The bullpen stays where it's at. Now, obviously, they're not going to have a 1.48 ERA forever, but right. you kind of hope that um, they're able to still do what they did last year. Yeah, of course. I, I don't mind it. Like you said, you use a guy in a high-leverage situation. You can always give the ball to Blake Parker. You can give the ball to Cam Bidrosian. You can give the ball to whoever it is, and they can close the game out. So that's a good problem to have. All right, so we're going to start wrapping it up. But before we do that, we, we had touched on it in a few weeks in prior, prior podcasts. This Sunday, April the 8th, uh, myself, Daniel, and Chris, Haven and the All Angels podcast will be at the Inland Empire 66ers Touch a Truck event. Uh, we're, we, did an, we sat down and had an interview with Joe Hudson, the general manager of the Inland Empire 66ers. You guys heard it on our podcast last week. And if you haven't listened to that yet, go ahead and subscribe to iTunes. Go back to the archives and listen to the to the uh, interview we had with Joe. It was a great interview. But anyway, he touched on the Touch a Truck event, and we're gonna go ahead and let Joe talk about it a little bit, and then we'll come back. Yeah, so Touch a Truck. I mean, I didn't realize uh, how exciting uh, <laughs> how exciting kids get uh, kids get about being able to get in, into these trucks and and just that interaction, right. you know, that hands on interaction. Kids love kids love big. Big trucks, fire trucks, ambulances, yeah, anything, anything yeah. and everything. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we we last year was our first crack at it, uh, and and this year we're gonna do it again, where we invite out you know any any kind of truck, van, ambulance, things that that are unique that kids can get on, and uh, and just jump behind the steering wheel and play around with, or you know hit buttons, or just you know see the the cool motions. Uh, I took my my son Chase a couple of years ago. We went to one out in Redlands, and the fact that he was just going crazy about this <laughs> dump truck, and I'm like, it's just a dump truck. <laughs> uh, but it was the coolest thing to him, and yeah. and so you know you see all these kids and the and the excitement they have. Um, so we're excited to to bring that to the ballpark, and you know one more reason to try to get kids and, right. and families out to the ballpark and experience something different. While also, you know, enjoying a baseball game. Right. So there's a game after the Touch a Truck yeah. event, right? Yeah, so. Touch a Truck event will be going on uh, before the game, before Gates, just out in our parking lot area. Uh, get a bunch of variety of stuff out there. Kids yeah. can kind of hang out, have fun, play around, and, and get experience that first. And then, uh, and then you know, come and watch a game. Right. We'll be, we'll be here with the rally bus. And uh, we'll have giveaways as well. We'll Set up hand in the some morning. stuff out for the kids. Stay for the game. Yeah. So yeah. Good, a good day all around. So that's that's it. So the it starts at eleven o'clock, folks. If you want to get there at eleven, we'll be there till about two. We'll be there with the rally bus. Well, I'll be there. 
all three of us will be there and uh you know if you, we'll probably do a couple quick little interviews with fans to kind of get their feel for the bus if you haven't seen the bus today here's your opportunity yeah especially if you're in you know you weren't able to get out to opening day maybe you're not close to anaheim to get to a lot of games but if you're from the san Bernardino area the riverside area the you know fontana rialto area and you want to see the bus or you want to go see a game afterwards you know this is a perfect time to come out uh, again like uh like he said, 11 o'clock is when the Touch of Truck uh, event starts. The game that day is at 2 o'clock, 2.05. So, again, come out. Um, like, like Joe said in, in the in the soundbite, it's not just going to be us. It's going to be, you know, you're going to have your fire trucks. You're going to have your, like, you know, any kind of big heavy machinery that kids, you know, have the Tonka trucks of. You yeah. know, a lot of times these are going to be the real-life versions of them. And if you're looking for a very family-friendly event to go to, this would be a perfect one on a Sunday afternoon to come check out go to a game afterwards and just you know enjoy your sunday afternoon absolutely and we'd be glad to show you guys around we'll have giveaways we'll have games and stuff like that we're going to set up normally how we set up for a tailgate so um not just going in the bus and checking out other stuff but we're, we're going to try to like kind of have some fun out there for everyone not just kids adults can go in and check out the bus and check out all the other stuff you guys don't don't have to necessarily go to the game either you can just go to the touch of truck event but we'll be happy to see you guys off there. Uh, before we leave, again, if you guys want to have any comments, questions, concerns, or anything for the show, hit us up on our email at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast at gmail.com. And where can they find us on social media, Daniel? Yeah, uh, both Twitter and Instagram is halo underscore haven. So check us out. Again, it's halo underscore haven, both on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, give us feedback. Uh, if you want to hear something different as far as a topic or anything like that, uh, hit us up there. Um, hit us up at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Um, again, we're just trying to get some feedback from people and trying to make it what people want to hear and uh, make it better one step at a time. Yeah, and uh, we'll be start making it out to 66 or soon. We'll be out there eventually. We're, we're, we're credentialed there, so look for us you know, right around the dugout area. We'll yeah, we'll be there for definitely. Definitely more this season yeah. than we have been oh, yeah. in the past. We'll be there. We'll be, we'll be talking. We'll try to talk to some players. we got some interviews lined up yeah. um, that we're probably going to have come out, you know, maybe one next week and, yeah. you know, as, as the season goes. But uh, definitely, again, if you're not able to go out to 66 or go out to Angel Stadium because you just can't make the drive or financially can't make go to 66ers. You're going to see great baseball. Prices are awesome. Yeah. And then, too, you can always tell your friends or coworkers or whoever, hey, I saw so-and-so before he was in an angel right. angel uh, uniform. You can always say that um, I was there from the beginning. Right, right. You, on the Angels team right now, Luis Valbuena was a 66er. Rene Rivera was a 66er. Cole Calhoun was a 66er. Um, um, God, I'm losing uh, my mind on who CJ Crone was CJ Crone before he got traded. Uh God, there's somebody on my mind right now. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? <laughs> I said Cole Calhoun. Yeah. Ooh, I'm I'm zoning out. Well, anyway, Jemai Jones is a 66. Yeah, Jemai right Jones there, and him. we'll have yeah. we'll have an interview with him. You got you got you got some players that if you look up any kind of prospect list, you're going to be there. So you got Jemai Jones, a fourth overall prospect. Yeah. You got Griffin Canning, uh, the number eight pit, uh, number eight prospect, also yeah, a, a Zimmerman pitcher. Yeah, there. Yeah. So you, too. yeah, you got you got plenty of guys to get out there and, and see and. Enjoy, enjoy it. This is an awesome place to just enjoy a baseball game. It's it's small, it's intimate. It's it's, it's a really really great place to catch a, a game. It's a great place to catch a game, and we'll be at the Angels game tomorrow. Yes, you guys, uh, 
want to say what's up to us real quick, hit us up on the social media side. Say, hey, yeah. we are over by the rocks. Come yeah. say hi. Tomorrow the 6th. Yeah, so we, uh, Daniel and I will be there. Chris Security Johnson is, is in Cincinnati having the time of his life at the Louisville Slugger. Yeah, I'm sure if you guys follow the Instagram, you've seen you see. a lot of his posts. So yeah. uh, definitely check that out if you haven't yet. He's a... <laughs> He's he has a little picture diary going on on Halo Haven and everywhere he's going right now at uh, the Louisville Slugger Factory and Museum. Yeah, so but Chris will be back for the Touch of Truck event, so we'll, yes. we're ready. We're ready to see you guys and say hi once again. So that's gonna wrap it up for us uh, tonight. We'll be back next Thursday. Hopefully, this time we'll be at Halo Haven's headquarters. Today we're at Halo Haven Light Two uh, Point Two, I guess. Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, we're at my house today, so uh, back to maybe normal studio next week. And back to uh, cover the rest of the week or next week. And uh, like Dan said, we'll have a couple of interviews lined up already uh, for you guys. All right. So that's going to do it for us. I'm Johnny Maggs. I'm Dan Garcia. And thank you for listening to the All Angels Podcast. Catch you guys next week. Go Halos. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.